Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we're off. It is our three of the daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM on a Tuesday. Great to have you with us. We are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the east. Coming up in the next hour, time to take a sneak peek at the Week 12 lines in the National Football League. Which games we plan on feasting on as Thanksgiving approaches. At 820, we will bring in BetQL's P.J. Glasser, who is already betting on college basketball, along with his weekly wagers on the gridiron as well. And then finally at 845, the Donkster gets his time to shine along with our best bets. Chelsea, before we get into week 12, did you read the story about Patrick Mahomes and his lucky underwear? Oh, no. Yeah. Gross. Oh, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. So apparently, like in 2018, his wife, Brittany, Gave him some red underwear before a game. And he wore it, wore that pair of underwear, had a great game. And to this day, he wears that same underwear because, hey, he's been great from the start of his career, right? Why not continue wearing that red underwear, a present from his wife? And I was talking yesterday with Fred Smoot, played in the NFL for a long time, and we have a podcast once a week with the Commanders, and I was asking him about this, and I said, is this weird? And he goes, no. He goes, you would be amazed at the number of athletes that have bizarre, like bizarre superstitions. He said there was one guy who wore the same undershirt every game, and just in a marker, it had names of like family members, never washed it. He said every time he put this shirt on, it was just the grossest thing you've ever smelled in your life. He said there was another guy he played with, and I forget the guy's name, huge defensive tackle. And he said before every game, he would have the strength coach come up to him and slap him as hard as he could in the face 10 times. And I was like, well, what about you, Smoot? He goes, yeah, I had a lucky pair of socks that I had, and I wore these socks out so much but they were my lucky charm. So 
at the end, he didn't have the soles on the socks. He just had like the upper rim of the sock, just the top of the sock because the bottoms had been worn out. And he would put the top of the sock that had been worn out on top of his new socks just so he could wear it during the game. Like bizarro stuff. And so I think it's weird that Patrick Mahomes is wearing the same draws for the last, what, five, six years? But the more I listen to pro athletes, this isn't the strangest thing. Well, at least he's washing them, right? Because I think that's when it gets mm, gross. Mm-mm. No? We don't know? I I believe it said that when he's winning, he just doesn't really do that. He oh, just kind of no. keeps it going. Yeah. God, can keep you that, imagine Brittany at home? Keep that on it. Being like, okay, sweetie, I got you these underwear oh. in the intention that we were going to wash them after every single use. Not that you were going to mm. wear them for five plus years. This can't smell good. Even though maybe there's some gamesmanship there. Maybe you say to yourself, okay, if I smell bad enough, <laughs> maybe people won't want to get near me. And maybe mm-hmm. I won't get sacked as much, even though it probably is not the case. Uh, like, did he wear them in the Super Bowl that year that he was like god awful and like scrambling for like minus 27 oh, yards? Because one would think you probably burn whatever underwear you were wearing during that game. I don't think Brittany can complain. First of all, this is a gift from her. And then secondly, Patrick can look around and say, honey, you see this house? You see that car you drive? You know why? Because of these underwear. So I'm going to keep wearing them until the end of my career. Until there's a hole in the crotch. And guess what? I'm not going to care. I'm going to keep winning games. And then, and then... When I'm in Canton, they can hang these bad boys up. Oh, <laughs> gross. Like, think about how long Patrick Mahomes is going to play in the NFL. Like, I think he still has a long time based on the shelf yeah. life that we have seen on some of these great quarterbacks. But it's not surprising to me that pro athletes have these superstitions because mm-hmm. I think it comes from the root of the issue of not being able to control much in sports. You know, it's not an individual sport. So you feel like you have some kind of control when you have these superstitions. Because I used to do this when my husband pitched. I would go to like the same bathroom stall and I would sit with my feet uncrossed. And if I had any part of my body like crossed, I'd be like, Chelsea, that home run you just gave up, that's on you. Go, Go sit in the dugout for a little bit, you know, and hang your head because it's all on you. But I think people have superstitions and things like this because you can't control everything and you feel like you have some sort of control when you do these weird things you can't not patrick mahomes you just admitted to being in a stall keeping those legs uncrossed so jake would fire one across the plate paint the corners so you get this completely i feel like well i do but i still think you should wash the underwear like there are certain stipulations like i don't think the Mm -hmm. luck goes away from the underwear just because you don't Uh, just because you wash them. But isn't this a thing in just about every sport? I feel like I've heard a a lot about this in hockey and in baseball too. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I'm trying, I was actually thinking, what is, what is more germ laden? A baseball stadium stall or Patrick Mahomes' underwear? Well, I have to go to the bathroom. Like I wasn't Mm. sitting in the stall. I'm saying when I went to the bathroom, I would choose a certain stall. So it wasn't me sitting in the stall because, like, I have to go to the bathroom anyway. 
Like, what am yeah. I gonna do? Like, hold it for five hours? I don't know if you yes. know how long some of these PCL games take, but they're long games. Baseball <laughs> is not a short sport. This was before they had the pitch clock. Oh, uh, yeah. So I wasn't like sitting in the stalls. Even though I'll tell you something really gross. When he played the oh. Dominican Republic, people don't flush when they wipe. They put it oh in the trash can God. next to the toilet. So imagine what? that smell. Patrick Mahomes, tip of the cap. It can always be worse. That's the worst story I've heard today. Oh, my God. Woo, Chelsea. Let's move on to the sweet smell of victory, shall we? Because that's what we're looking for this week in the <laughs> NFL. Yeah. Gross. And look at the NFL slate. Now, we looked at the first half of the slate for week 12. Now it's the second half. You want to go back to the first half, we can certainly do that. Can I just go ahead and put out one pick that I will be making on the show tomorrow? Browns, yeah. the Broncos. Yeah, Broncos are laying two and a half points. Broncos are minus 135 on the money line. The Browns are plus 115. The total set at 35 and a hook. Broncos money line. Oh, yeah. Matt shaking his head. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bring it. <laughs> bring it it's time it's time i haven't bet on russell wilson in probably three or four years easy this is the broncos time they've won four straight that defense is lights or the under is also a good call here you got russell wilson versus dtr dorian thompson robinson i looked up russell wilson's stats last night surprisingly good Seriously, and I'm a guy who's bagged on Russ as much as anyone, but I will give credit where credit is due. He has quietly had a nice season. That defense has come a long way since Miami dropped 70 on them. They're playing at home. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be ugly. I think the under's going to hit, but I'm going to go Broncos on the money line. I was going to say, you might as well just take them on the money line instead of laying yeah. the two and a half because that's where it gets a little tricky. If you have a total of 35 and a half, points are clearly at a premium. And this is mm -hmm. what we saw unfold last game for the Denver Broncos where they won, but they didn't cover the two and a half point spread. So I think you are you should play this one a little bit safer. Just play them on the money line. You're right. I was looking up stats when we were going to have that MVP discussion. And you're right. Russell Wilson is right up there with some of the best numbers in all of football. 19 touchdowns this year to only four interceptions. And I know a lot of it has to do with the fact that he hasn't really been throwing the ball that much. But still, the turnovers have been limited this year. And I think that's all they're asking for Russell Wilson is just give us a mediocre baseline mm -hmm. performance. And I think he's doing that and more for this offense. So this is a team that's definitely on the rise. Uh, and I'm not sure if I trust the magic of the Browns and DTR to continue when they have to play in the Mile High City. That is not an easy place to play. No, I agree. So that's going to be one of those really ugly games. It's going to be like watching Iowa play, right, where you're going to hate it and it's going to be close and you probably don't want to lay the number. You just take them to win because it's cheap enough. So that's one of my one of my favorite plays this week, as much as I hate to admit it. What's another game in the card that you like? I was just going to say Cortland Sutton to score a touchdown in that game. Okay. He has been one of the main targets over the last stretch. He has scored a touchdown in every single game, and he's had some amazing catches too, like some highlight real worthy plays, dragging his feet in the corner in the end zone. So I'm liking the chemistry that we're seeing between Russell Wilson and 
and Cortland Sutton. So maybe uh, worth a look if you would rather play a prop when it comes to Broncos and Browns, even though I don't think touchdowns are coming easy. Total 33 and a half. But if I had to play yeah. one, it would be that. I think this is a tricky one. Rams and Cardinals, a divisional game. The Cardinals are kind of on the upswing. I know they lost to the Texans, but still uh, some signs of life there. It, they covered the number, depending on which number you got. I think that game was decided by five points. Closing line was six. Uh, but usually, Sean McVay has had the number of the Cardinals. This is usually a matchup that he dominates in these divisional matchups. And usually, it's because the head coaching advantage. It used to be Cliff Kingsbury. Not, now it's not the case. But still, coaching advantage goes to Sean McVay here. So at a short number, would you believe in the Rams, one-point favorites in the road uh, against the Cardinals? I think so. I think so. I'd want to check the status of Cooper Cup. I think he suffered mm -hmm. a an ankle injury, not severe, but a lower ankle injury. Didn't play that much last weekend, and obviously he's huge for that for that offense. But I'm with you. I love the coaching angle there. That's that's a massive advantage. And the Rams have they haven't been great this year, clearly, but I think they've been better in spots than we anticipated. So I would follow you on that. I don't know if I'm going to make it one of my official plays, but Rams minus one, sure. Yeah, especially in a divisional matchup. We know the Rams and Cardinals know each other particularly well. But speaking of divisional matchups, we have another mm. one. Chiefs Raiders, Chiefs laying nine and a half. I thought maybe this would be a good buy low spot for the Chiefs, but at nine and a half... I don't know. I feel like there are probably other plays on the board. I think it's going to be a pass for me. Yeah, I think so too. I would I would grab. Here's the thing. It's a short week for the Chiefs, so that makes me lean Raiders. Raiders are also at home. But also, I wonder if you're a Chiefs team coming off a loss like this, do you come out just guns blazing and make a statement against the Raiders? Still... Ultimately, I think this is just too high of a number. Minus nine and a half. I I don't want to bet this game, but I think I would lean Raiders. Here. And the Raiders have looked better since firing Josh McDaniels. So there's not a whole lot I can put into that. There's still the Raiders, but nine and a half seems too big to me. What about the under 44? We've seen how good this Chiefs defense is. Mm -hmm. I think Aiden O'Connell is yeah. going to have real trouble going against him, maybe with a point to prove after losing and it's a short week for both of these, well, not both of these offenses, just the Chiefs. And we've seen the case of the dropsies that some of these Chiefs receivers have had. So dropsies. sitting at 44, do mm -hmm. we like an under here? Yes, that's even better. The more you talk about it, the more I like it. A, you got that Chiefs defense. B, AOC, as they call them, Aiden O'Connell. And then D, short week for the Chiefs. They still aren't, and you talked about this in the first segment where I understand why you're not high on the Chiefs' depth at receiver and the issues they've had on offense. So they're still going to score points, but 44 seems a touch high here. So, yeah, I think under is the way to go. Yeah, you're right. Like yeah, it. only sabotage factor being this game is going to be indoors as opposed to the rain fest that we saw last night. Mm -hmm. So maybe we see more from the offenses. I still think that defense has come to play. We saw, who was it, Frank Clark last night? That was, uh, or no, Chris Jones. Chris Jones, big game last night, multiple sacks, at least in the first half. Then the Eagles came on strong in the second half. But still, the defense overall has been very solid for uh, the Chiefs so far this season.
What about the Ravens and the Chargers? It should be a good Sunday night game. The Chargers have let me down so many times, but maybe if they're getting points. (sighs) Doesn't four seem like too much? I don't know. I actually like the Bears, believe it or not, plus three and a half on Monday night better, which I cannot believe I'm saying. But Ravens, Chargers, I don't know what to think. I'm so bummed for the Ravens because Mark Andrews is out for the season, and he's such a stud, and I love the run they were having this this year. Laying four with the Ravens on a Sunday night in L.A., I think I might lean L.A. there. I don't know. We'll ask P.J. maybe. Coming up next on the show, what does P.J. Glasser have on his card this week? And what is his favorite Thanksgiving dish? We're going to find out both. That is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM, the king of parlays. We are coming back as Hour 3 rolls on. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. Welcome back. It's a Tuesday on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM. Great to have you along with us. I'm Michael Jenkins live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger live in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up in moments, there's one thing you can always count on during the week of Thanksgiving. BetQL's P.J. Glasser giving us his early betting card, and that is on the way. Chelsea, I cannot believe we haven't discussed this yet, that after the Commanders had that god-awful loss to the Giants on Sunday, did you hear that the hot water at FedEx Field went out in the locker room. They had some sort of issue with the water heater. (laughs) Not like it's one little water heater at FedEx field, like a small water heater, but whatever system they have in place, they wanted to repair it during the game so that the players wouldn't have to take a cold shower when it was over, but they couldn't because that would have meant shutting off the water completely, and then the fans don't have water, so that couldn't happen. So after the Commanders lost that game to the Giants, they had to take cold showers in the locker room. You talk about adding insult to injury. Oh, my God. And those guys, they lose, and then just a freezing cold shower when it's done. Awful. (sighs) They're not doing much to correct the old narratives, are they? I was told this was a new regime, that things were going to be better. But it's still good old FedEx field, the same field that mm-hmm. didn't it collapse on Jalen Hurts that one time? Like, come on, yes, man. You're sure just did. writing the narratives themselves. Who do you think has the worst facility? The Oakland A's or the Washington Commanders? Because at least the Commanders don't have stray cats. Mm, I think a stray cat's fun. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good stray cat? You know? That's great. I'll tell you one thing. I cannot... I will give the commander's ownership credit, new ownership. It's going to take some time. But also the most the most insulting thing at FedEx Field isn't just the fact that it looks like a large tinker toy. Isn't the fact that it's an ugly stadium. It's the fact that that Sean Taylor Memorial, I don't know if you've ever seen it, that they have. And I'm glad that they are honoring Sean Taylor. But if you've ever seen the memorial at the stadium, it's just a straight up insult. It looks so 
bad. It it doesn't honor him. Yes, it honors him in the fact that they have a memorial there, but it could be done in a much, much better way. And you can tell they just sort of threw it up. So that's really disappointing to quote unquote honor a player in such a way. At the very least, if you're the A's, you know you're going to a great stadium. Have you seen the renderings for that stadium in Vegas? It looks awesome. Yeah, of course, because it's going to be new, and it's in Vegas. Um, but, yeah, the old one was really bad. Like Jake said, that was one of the worst places he's ever played, and that includes some college stadiums. He said when he got there, the entire clubhouse was, like, underwater. Like, when he was oh, playing God. with the Astros, and there was, like, a foot of standing water, and they're like, well, you're just going to have to use the bathrooms, like the run-of-the-mill bathrooms, no clubhouse today. Oh, God, that is gross. At least there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Chelsea, let's feast on some early plays with the host of Send It In. Giving out his plays. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Props. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him. Turns back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. Parlays for today. Parlay. That's the one. Paula! It's PJ Glasser. He is the host of Send It In every weekday at 1 o'clock in the East, also co-host of Inside the Betting Lines every Sunday from 1 to 5 in the East, live from MGM National Harbor. PJ, I want to get to your place, but very quickly here, thank you for waiting on us. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Favorite Thanksgiving dish probably would be stuffing. I also love my mom yeah. makes pumpkin. My mom makes pumpkin bread, which is essentially like, you know, pumpkin pie uh, kind of, but just like in in bread form. And I, I look forward to that every year. It's so good. Ooh, oh, awesome. I love a good Thanksgiving Amen. carb. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> bread, cakes. Oh, yep. love those carbs. All right, so let's get to some of your plays. Uh, let's look at the slate and see. Oh, man, I'm looking at your plays and I am yeah. bracing for impact because I'm oh, wondering yes. if you are taking the under in the Iowa and Nebraska game. Are you playing the total here or do you like a side? Guys, nothing says Thanksgiving. Nothing says I'm thankful than Iowa football. Am I right? <laughs> we got a barn yeah. burner on Friday. Iowa, Nebraska. I'm not going with the total. I am going with Nebraska. I think when yep. we handicap, Rivalry, rivalry week of college football, the final week of the regular season. One of the big storylines are all these five-win teams and who is motivated to make a bowl. And I think Iowa-Nebraska is the perfect storm to back the horn, the Cornhuskers in this game. Iowa's already wrapped up the Big Ten West. They're already going to Indianapolis and playing in the Big Ten Championship next week. Really no motivation for them. And Nebraska, first year under Matt Rule, you're five and six. You have a chance to beat a ranked Iowa team. You're at home. Like, I just think this is the perfect storm for Nebraska. Now, they're favored by one and a half. And in a game with the total of 26 and a half, this certainly could be a one-point game. So I'm just taking them on the money line, minus 125. But I, I just think we're going to get a highly motivated Nebraska team looking to make a bowl under first-year head coach Matt Rule. So I like the Cornhuskers on Friday. PG, I see the Civil War on the betting slate here. Oregon and Oregon State. I, I like the Beavers here. I feel like Oregon is a little overvalued. Are you with me or do you disagree? 
Jenks, I'm with you. I like the Beavers as well. But my favorite play in this game is actually the total. I like the over mm. 61 and a half. The last 12 meetings between these two teams in the Civil War, 10 of them have gone over the total. We know how elite that Oregon offense is, especially at home. But I think Oregon State's going to be able to score some points as well. You look at their season much different offense and defense away from Corvallis this season. We just pl- watched watched them play Washington. That game was low scoring, 22 to 20. But you get them away from home. Defense tends to not be as good. Their offense tends to score more points. This game historically has been an over game. So like the total here, I like over 61 and a half in the Civil War. Ooh, I will be watching that one. And speaking of rivalry matchups, We've got the Iron Bowl that looks pretty one-sided this year. Alabama, of course, the class of this rivalry this year. Uh, But Auburn on the road here. Do you think there is a chance that the Tigers keep it close? Or are you looking at a total? I think there's a great chance that the Tigers keep it close, Chelsea. This game, if it was in Bryant-Denny, Bama would win by four touchdowns. But what's going to make this game really interesting is the fact that it's in Jordan-Hare and Auburn always, always plays Bama tough in Jordan-Hare. Guys, I think one of my favorite stats is Nick Saban. This is going to be the fourth time that he has had an undefeated Alabama team in SEC play. By the time they get to the Iron Bowl in Jordan-Hare, he's one and two straight up in those three previous games, right? So he can go through the SEC, he can beat LSU, he can beat A&M, he can beat all these teams. But when the Iron Bowl is at Jordan-Hare, even when he's had really good teams in the past, it's always been tough for them to win. And you're getting an Auburn team off of a loss to New Mexico State as four touchdown favorites when they were clearly looking ahead to this game. This is their Super Bowl, right? Like Hugh Freeze, he's in year one. He was brought into Auburn to beat Alabama. One of the best things on his resume was that he beat Nick Saban twice when he was at Ole Miss. So this is what the fans have waited for. This is their Super Bowl. They're going to make a bowl game, but like this can be the highlight in year one for Auburn. So too many points. We're getting a key number with 14 and a half. I think Auburn keeps it close. I like the Tigers. PJ, I can't wait to see what you have to say about this next game. And it is the big one. Number two, Ohio state at number three, Michigan. What's going to happen in this one? Man, it's, it's going to be a great game guys. I mean, it always is whenever these two teams are good like this, both 11 and zero. it's, it's always the must watch game of the college football year. I'm waiting to see if we can get down to three. If we can get down to a flat Mm -hmm. three, I think you have to take Michigan. Even at the three and a half, I'm leaning that way. I mean, this line right now, guys, is telling you that these teams are kind of even, right? Like, you're probably giving Michigan three, maybe even three and a half points for home field just because this this is home field to the absolute max. I mean, you get Ohio State. Both undefeated teams, 106,000 people, more than that, probably at the big house. So I just think that Michigan's a little better than Ohio State. Like, I don't think these are even teams. You get Michigan at home. Um, I don't really trust either quarterback in this game. I don't love McCarthy. I don't love McCord. But the unit that I trust the most is that Ohio State or excuse me, is that Michigan offensive line and their running backs. And ultimately, I think that's the difference. So I'm hoping we get a three, but uh, I do like Michigan to win the game. All right, next up, let's go to the NFL, where I think I know where you're going to be going with this pick. And I want to see if I'm right. Jags, Texans. This is a short spread. The Jags, I believe, laying a point here. Who do you like or what's the play? 
I'm going with the Jags, Chelsea, and uh, I would get it. I would get it before this line keeps climbing up. I think there's a chance Jacksonville could close at like two and a half maybe, but I like a minus 125. And this is all about it's tough to beat a team two times. And Houston already beat Jacksonville earlier this year in Jacksonville. They beat them by 20. Now, historically, the Texans have actually dominated Jacksonville. They won 10 out of their last 11 games against them. This is a massive game, though. The winner of this game controls their destiny in the AFC South, and uh, I just think Jacksonville is the more talented team. Everybody has fallen in love with this Texans team and C.J. Stroud, and how can you not? He's playing awesome football, but uh, I I just think the Jags are better. Doug Peterson teams tend to play better and better as the year goes on, so uh, I like the Jags here in, in this spot against Houston. We're talking with PJ Glasser, host of Send It In every weekday at one o'clock in the East, also on Twitter at PJ Glasser9. Rams at the Cardinals, a battle in the NFC West. What's going to happen here, PJ? Guys, the Cardinals have not beaten the Rams at home since 2013. They have lost eight straight home games against the Rams. Sean McVay dominates Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. We saw them pull out another win on Sunday, and he also dominates Arizona in the desert and this is a pick em right now at minus 110 if you want to wait to see the status of cooper cup i can't blame you but the rams were still able to come back and win that game without him on sunday um obviously the cardinals you know they're back to full strength with kyler and connor they should have won that game last week against houston but i, I like the Rams. stafford tends to pl- usually play pretty well against arizona and like I said, they just have their number when they go into Phoenix. So uh, I-, I like the Rams in this game, minus 110. All right. How about the Patriots and the Giants in a game that I don't think anybody wants to watch, but it sounds like you have a play for us. So who do you like? Yeah, I apologize to the listeners for giving out Iowa, Nebraska, and Patriots, Giants. That is just some gross behavior. But uh These are still football games to wager on, and I still think we have an edge with Patriots minus three in this game. Patriots are coming off a bye. The look-ahead line in this game, guys, was five and a half, and now it's down to three because of the Giants' upset win over the Commanders. I think that game was all about the Commanders. They had six turnovers, and they still had a chance to win that game on the final drive. The Giants gave up nine sacks to Washington, and that was to Washington's defense. I think the Patriots will have some success. DeVito's still terrible. The Giants' offense is still terrible. The only reason they won that game is because Washington literally kept giving them the ball. I think as long as the Patriots limit the turnovers, their defense will be able to hold down the Giants. They love playing in these kind of games, right? That's why they've won like their last... 13 games against the Jets. That's why they dominate Zach Wilson. It's because these kind of games against terrible quarterbacks, when it's going to be low scoring, like this is where the Patriots love to play. So I think they win this game like 17-10, 14-10, something like that. But now that we're getting the minus three guys, I uh, I like New England in this game. He is the co-host of Inside the Betting Lines every Sunday from 1 to 5 in the East. That is live from MGM National Harbor. And check him out today, host of Send It In every weekday at 1 o'clock in the East on the BetQL Network. It is our good friend, PJ Glasser. PJ, we always appreciate it. Guys, thanks as always, and happy Thanksgiving to you. You too. Chelsea, I'm having a hard time focusing right now. I feel like I have senioritis. PJ's talking. I'm listening. I'm working on my picks for tomorrow at the same time. 
I can't wait for this holiday. I can't wait for the time off. I can't wait to put down a parlay on Thanksgiving per your suggestion. I can't wait to at least eat half of a pumpkin pie because here is my one beef with the pre-made pumpkin pies at Publix. Why are they so small? I feel like such a pig because every time I get a piece, I'm like, oh my God, this is like a fourth of the pie. Are pies always that small? Like, who are these for? Children? I don't know. Where are you shopping? Did you know that my mom sent me a pie from Texas? I got it in the mail. It's huge. Humongous. That's the kind of pie you need. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, guys. It's a pie. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's in a box. I can't wait. It's got like a caramel pecan crust on it. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to crush that bad boy. Coming up next here on the show. Still time to have a winning week here on the program. And we're going to do it with the dogster as well. It's next on the Daily Tip. Rebecca UL presented by Bet MGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM. On the Bet QL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the Bet QL Network. Welcome back to the show. It is the Daily Tip for Bet QL, presented by Bet MGM. Oh, it is a Tuesday. One more day this week, Chelsea, then we're off for Thanksgiving. Are you having a hard time like me, focusing? I'm having a real hard time. Last night, the lovely Catherine came to me. I was getting ready to go to bed. She was working really hard in the office. She's trying to get ahead, too. And she walks up to me and says, hey, can we party on Wednesday? And I said, yes, honey, of course we can. I did not realize. I guess I did. But that Wednesday is one of those nights. It's one of the biggest party nights of the year. When I was at Commanders yesterday, the kids out there were saying, I can't wait for Blackout Wednesday. It's like, Blackout Wednesday? They're like, yeah. That's when everyone comes home. And we all go out. We get blackout drunk. I was like, we do? She's like, yeah. Drinksgiving, it's also called. I am so old to the party here. I used to do this back in the day. But guess what? I'm bringing it back around come Wednesday night. I'm going in. Blackout Wednesday it is, Chelsea. Well, it looks like Matt Canada might be joining the troops there at Drinksgiving because it looks like the Steelers have finally fired Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, which it's only been people with their pitchforks for, what, the whole year complaining about Mm -hmm. that offense. So we kind of knew it was coming, but it's finally happened. Well... Good for you, Steelers fans. Just a few weeks too late. The thing is, is that it's not going to fix the problem overnight, but there's no way it can get any worse. I'll be interested to see how the line moves, by the way, because the total right now is set at 34 and a hook. I will be on the under in this game. So I wonder when there's a firing like this. It's a Tuesday. The game's on Sunday. Can you really have a large impact on a bad offense, a moribund offense in such a short period of time, no matter who takes over for him? Well, if you're that bad, just removing yourself from the building, yeah. 
sometimes can make the team better. We saw it with the Raiders. When Josh McDaniels left the premises, it feels like the team got better just by not having him there. So maybe we will see some sort of vibe change with the Steelers, but I think Kenny Pickett still has some proving to do as well because this is not not all at the feet of Matt Canada. There are so many problems with that Steelers offense that we'll see if he's the problem this game. That will be interesting. I know Steelers fans are celebrating right now. Good for you guys. I'm an outsider. I don't have a dog in the fight. And even I was like, oh, my God. Whew. This offense is brutal. And I wonder, too, if Kenny Pickett is the answer in Pittsburgh. I, I just don't think he is. I feel like he's just this stopgap guy who, all right, he's okay. They need a quarterback a real franchise quarterback. And I know that in today's day and age, we're very quick to pull the trigger on any young guy. And sometimes it does take time for quarterbacks to develop. But I don't even see Kenny Pickett showing flashes where it's like, oh, oh, look at that. Like even, even here in DC, say what you want to about the commanders. There are times when Sam Howe will show a flash or two where he has a live arm. You're like, that is a throw that not many people can make. And he's played less than a year in the NFL. But, man, I don't think Kenny Pickett is the guy at all. I don't think so either. And the tough part is this is a Steelers team that's still very much in contention to make the postseason. But this is a problem that so many teams in the NFL have. You don't just find Mm -hmm. franchise quarterbacks growing on trees. It is very difficult to find these guys, which makes it even more maddening to see what's going on with the L.A. Chargers. They have the one piece that is the hardest to find, which is a franchise quarterback and Justin Herbert, who has all of the intangibles and the tangibles. The guy is built like a prototypical quarterback, and yet they still can't win. So maybe the Steelers can like trade for Justin Herbert, be like, hey, can you bring him over here? We've got a great defense. We're not going to lose close games. That's true. You never know. Oh, what are you saying, Double D, in the chat? Oh, Michael Penix Jr. would look really nice in black and yellow. Yes, he would. I like Michael Penix Jr. I like the Steelers. You never know. going to be interesting to see what happens in the draft. But for now, Chelsea, we can't talk about that. We have to focus on the here and now. We're going to do that with our best bets in just moments. But want to remind everyone, you missed our conversation with BetQL's PJ Glasser, where he is putting his money this week so he can pay for all the fixings on Thanksgiving. You got to download the pod. Just download and subscribe to the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. Time to find out who we have the most faith in today. Time to place your bets. Chelsea, I want a winner. What do you got for me? All right, I'm going with a points prop for Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers tonight. Let's start with the total in this game. The total in the Pacers and Hawks game is set at 251 and a half. So we are expecting a lot of points. This is just a point below the season average for Tyrese Halliburton, sitting at 23 and a half. But he has gone way over this in a couple of games in this recent stretch, especially against bad defenses. And that's exactly the matchup we get against the Atlanta Hawks, who are bottom 10 in most statistical categories when it comes to their defense. 
I almost like this better because Tyrese Halliburton is coming off a very poor performance against the Orlando Magic, but the Magic have one of the best defensive ratings in the entire NBA. So I'm not taking away too much from that. So sitting at 24 and a half, Tyrese Halliburton has exceeded this total in three of his last four games, that only outlier being the Orlando Magic game. Now he gets a great matchup. Uh, He gets more rest. He had uh, the night off last night. So fresh legs for Tyrese Halliburton should be extra motivated in the in-season tournament where last time he went for 33 points and 15 assists against the Philadelphia 76ers. So clearly he cares about the NBA Cup. So let's take his points prop over 24 and a half for Tyrese Halliburton for minus 110. Oh man, he cares about the NBA Cup. I just lost a lot of respect for him. (laughs) good for you you should care about each and every single game i just can't i can't get behind the nba cup i just can't do it guys i don't want to call it history but i will say this this is my first nba bet of the season so proceed with caution yes 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 raptors magic under 216 here we go i looked at orlando on the money line or laying a point and a half. They are 10 and three against the number this season. Very, very good. I feel like this number is too short, like I'm missing something. So I'm gonna go with the total instead. And the trends are pointing us in this direction. Both of these teams are in the top 10 as far as defensive rating is concerned. The Raptors are six and seven to the under. The Magic four, eight and one to the under. They are the third best under team in the league. I continue to see this number go down. We're going under 216 today. Raptors and Magic in Orlando. Let's cash in the association. It's that time of year. The NBA Cup, baby. Woo! Oh, man. (laughs) Feeling very nervous about our play today because, as Mm. you mentioned, we are not big NBA better. So hopefully nobody is ruled out like an hour before game time and we are sit, uh, sitting here on the wrong side of things. But let's ask the third member of our Magic, or our betting crew, the Magic 8-Ball, what he thinks. Let us gaze upon the glorious Magic 8-Ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> I feel like my mind has already left for Thanksgiving break. What about the eight ball? Is he still dialed in? Let's ask him about our plays today. Tyrese Halliburton over 24 and a half points today against the Hawks. Eight ball says, my reply is no. Hmm. Ho hum. Mm. All right. So how about the Raptors and the Magic? We're hitting the under 216. That's Jinx's play for the day. Eight ball, what do you say? Eight ball says, yes, definitely. Yeah, eight ball. That's my dog. That's my dog. He got some dog in him. That's my dog. Can you tell I'm excited for the Thanksgiving holiday? If you want to check out the eight ball. In fact, if you want to stream each and every show on the BetQL network, it is easy to do. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. Chelsea, once again, modeling it perfectly. I am done with my plays, but it looks like you have one more. Yeah, another play on a player prop in this Hawks and Pacers game because there's supposed to be a lot of points. Total of 251 and a half. I'm going to go with Trey Young over his assist prop of 10 and a half from minus 130. He is averaging more than this at 11.1 assists per game. He has hit this 
in all but one game so far, or excuse me, all but two games so far this month. The only times uh, against Orlando and Washington, and that was the first of the month back in uh, November. So I think this is a great matchup. You're going against a Pacers team that's giving up the most points per game in the NBA. I think they will be dimes aplenty. Let's go Trey Young over his assist, 10 and a half, minus 130. All right, let's check in with the Donkster now. It is your BetQL five-star best bet for insight, analysis, whatever you need to become a better better. The BetQL app has it, so you can download it now. Donkster, oh my God, look at this guy. You think he's ready for the holiday? Get out of town. All right, Donkster, we got to move. What do you got? Good morning. Oral Roberts, minus 10, hosting Texas Southern. Hofstra, money line, minus 140 at Wright State. UC Riverside, money line, minus 280 versus Green Bay. I'm fading Jordan Love. God. He plays football and also that's a ton of juice. Let's go to Joe Ostrowski from BetQL Daily and find out what's coming up after us. Good morning, Joe. Hey guys, just uh, wondering how the dunkster is on Blackout Wednesday. Like, he's got to be getting after oh, it, right? This guy, forget <laughs> it, man. He's no going to be saying stuff like, My dad doesn't love me. Can I have a shot? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Crying to the bartender all night. Imagine the pickup lines he's got. I, I couldn't. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got senioritis like you guys. It's, you know, you're squeezing in five shows and into three this week so uh we're gonna give out our favorite college football bets for rivalry weekend uh, a lot of fun michael felder will come on we'll break down the thanksgiving games a lot to react to last night we'll do power rankings as well thank you joe looking forward to it we got to power through just 24 more hours and we can do it one time my dad let me in the dark for three days can i have some tequila <laughs> Oh, no, Dogster, we can't have that. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Good luck on all your bets. Oh, yeah. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. See ya. You've been listening to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.